Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's going on, Podcast Nation? I'm Sean Evans, and welcome back to another edition of Hot Ones, the classic interviews, where we unearth previously unheard, extended-cut conversations with celebrities who we've tortured with hot sauce and grilled with probing questions. What can I say about today's episode with comedian, author, and all-around provocateur Russell Brand? For me, it was one of our most memorable shoots, and fun fact, one of only three that we've filmed in London, along with Ricky Gervais and Charlie Sloth. Listen, I'm fully aware that Hot Ones is sort of a freak show. Celebrities walk into this stripped-down set with a bunch of cameras pointed at them and ten scorching hot wings lined up on a wooden paddle. So I always try to read people and how they react when they sit across from me. Russell just immediately had this amazing energy. To borrow one of his own memorable phrases from the interview, he seemed to float into the studio on a, quote, cloud of his own charisma, end quote. And I think everyone in the crew was immediately drawn to this mythical aura he threw off. We were a little anxious going into this shoot because we've watched Russell turn his savage wit on interviewers he took exception to, but he turned out to be one of our favorite guests ever. He totally embraced the format of the show and unleashed his amazing gift for language all over the wings of death, right down to that unforgettable impromptu song at the end. Shout out to Brett Baker, that little list maker. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Here's Russell Brand, uncut in his full glory. Hey, what's going on, everybody? For First Week Feast, I'm Sean Evans. It's Hot Ones. It's the show with hot questions and even hotter wings. And today I'm joined by Russell Brand. He's known the world over for his books, his films, his stand-up comedy. And speaking of, he'll be going on a tour beginning in April. It's called Russell Brand Rebirth. Russell, welcome to the show. Thank you. Even just the concept of hot food began to hurt my mouth a bit. I think I've got an ulcer. I was going to ask you, how are you with hot food? Not good. Not good. Not really. No, like a... Like a uh, like, say I was having a curry, I'd have a korma, I'd have, like, a pasty, sort of fluid, soft You thing. wouldn't go with the vindaloo? No. I'd have, like, uh, something sort of like... Ba- I like baby food. Mush. <laughs> I've only just come off the breast. Well, it's important to note we're going vegan wings today for Russell Brand. We got them from the Temple of Satan, which is... All hail Satan <laughs> and your dark underworld kingdom. Exactly, but the hot sauces are all still very much the same, for better or worse. Russell, mm. you ready to get it going? Yes, please. All right, so this first one is sriracha. Sriracha is no big deal. This is right. Even so, for a baby food guy like you. So, even like, so this is, I'll be able to register whether or not I'm going to have a good time because this is the bit that should be nothing. Set in the bar. So, I want to start by talking about the tour, Rebirth, because the name would imply, you know, a new beginning, an overhaul. Yeah. In what ways do you think, for lack of a better term, you've been born again since the uh, Messiah Complex tour? Well, when you have a baby, it transitions your worldview immediately. There's this new important person 
just moves into the house. You know, like, um, you've got relatives already, you probably don't like them. Well, when you have a baby, you've made a relative. There's a whole other relative just in your life now, demanding. And also, of course, there's profound, limitless love that awakens within you. It makes your previous worldview seem sort of redundant. Like you can't, like it's the end of philandering. It's the end of madness. It's the end of so many things, but the beginning of so many things. It's the beginning of an other-centered life, I suppose is what it is. What can people expect? It's going to be pretty boring. It's pretty, pretty boring. <laughs> no, no, I mean, <laughs> no, I guess it's sort of talking about trying to, how do you be a madman and someone's dad? Because a mad dad is not a good thing. <laughs> I'd like, I've become a dad. Like that's I wasn't that like when I think of dad, that's someone else. Our father who are in heaven, mm -hmm. that's some that's God or someone else. Not anymore. Now it's you. I am him. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. Do the spice of the questions relate to the spice of the thing? Is it by there you're going? What? How? What is consciousness? Yeah, like it, it's gonna get oh it'll God. get real deep and existential. I think. Right. All right. So this one's Tabasco. Tabasco, that's, another staple, a classic. It's a staple. These are staples. So don't make a big deal out of that. No big deal? How? For me, it's just manageable. This is in, within the realm of the pleasant. That's good. Vanilla sexual activity. At this point, <laughs> no one's got anything PVC or mm -hmm. leather out. No one's suggesting strapping you up. I know that you have a deep fondness for your favorite football team, and that's West Ham United. Though I'm sure that the uh, bare-faced greed and capitalism of professional sports... Right, mate, I thought that was going to save that for death. Like that, you're getting into it's, the paradox. It's of, kind of well. It always is with Russell. We, it's kind of weaving it through, weaving it through. You know. Mm, mm. So what? I love West Ham United, but but as their sport continues to become commercialised, do I feel challenged that that allegiance is being reappropriated? Does it still have a pure place in your heart? It's a challenging idea. You're right about that because what if people alter the meaning of what you believe in? If you're an American and say, I stand for America, and then someone says, America means this now, you've got to go, oh, well, I'm, I'm an American, so that's tricky. Not that I'm saying that for any particular reason, like a madman's just become president <laughs> or anything. Like, but no, all I think is that the Donald, Tr Donald Trump is a more articulate symbol of America. The previous symbol of what America was was perhaps less easily readable. Like, mm -hmm. it was like, oh, he's cool, especially now. He seems like Jesus. How do you connect those things with football? Because uh, what I'm saying is that if you have an allegiance to America, how do you cope with the fact that America isn't a constant. America is transitory. There is no trans-historical, mm. transnational concept of America. America is in motion as Americans continue to alter, as America's role in the world continues to change. Same with football. When I was a West Ham fan in 1980, the problem was that West Ham United was considered to be racist, violent, all those kind of things. Now, these, the sport has become commodified. The problem becomes, well, how does this relate to its indigenous roots as a sport of working class people and representative of the people of Britain? You know, it has improved in so many ways. Isn't Now you don't have the same racist connotations in such an obvious way around football, but what you do have is it's become overtly commodified. What do you make of this Dimitri Payet situation? I'm worried about it, mate, because he's our best player and now he's going to fuck off like to Marseille, <laughs> where he came from in the first place, which sounds like the kind of racist rhetoric we're trying to get away from. Like, um, <laughs> he's a really, really brilliant footballer. He had amazing Euros. He was always a bit too good for West Ham. It was always like, this is too good for me, like a, perhaps a, a, a having, I don't know, some sort of magical tool that you knew would be plucked away from you by a wizard. Besides hooliganism, what's the best way to channel your hatred for another club, like, say, Chelsea FC? The hooliganism should be taken off of the 
possible expression, Sean, <laughs> of, <laughs> I of hatred. To, I don't need to qualify it. Songs, like with Chelsea FC, and like, of course, my, my worldview beyond being a West Ham fan is that everyone is one, we should love one another, we should look for connections, not for reasons to be in conflict, but returning to the subject of Chelsea, and of course some of my best friends are Chelsea fans, I like, uh, you would see, it's through song, like, uh, up your ass, up your ass, stick your blue flag up your ass <laughs> from Stamford Bridge to Upton Park, stick your blue flag up your ass. That would be the way of expressing that, not through violence and hatred, but through jaunty, sweary, uh, anal-centric songs. <laughs> What's your favourite chant? Um, my favourite West Ham chant... Uh, well, well, there was one like, we've got Payet, Dimitri Payet, I just don't think you understand, he's better than Zidane, he's super slash, man, we've got Dimitri Payet, now that song has become irrelevant, the meaning of that song mm -hmm. has changed. But, so West Ham, we're lucky in West Ham that it has one of the great football anthems, I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air, they fly so high, I need to reach the sky, then not my dreams, they fade and die, fortune's always hiding, I've looked everywhere, I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air. What's good about that is it's so whimsical and mysterious and built into it is the idea of the bubble, the ever-popping, never-sustained dream of supporting West Ham United. I love that. Are you ready to move on? Yes, sir. All right, so this next one is El Yucateco. Chili habanero. You can play with the bottles. You can take a look. Russell, you me. seem like... Do you think I seem tentative? A little bit. No, I mean, not in your demeanor, but I think towards the hot Relish. sauces. Yeah, it's definitely my attitude. Uh, my English... Did you see that? That was yeah. pretty athletic. I think, yeah, it was a very good, very good recovery <laughs> before you got hot sauce on your presumably circumcised winky. Now, like... like I know that Ricky got to like number eight or something. How did you know that? Because America. How did you know that? Did America. Because there's jokes. Because in in America there's jokes about it. Like in that film Bad Mums, there's a joke like, oh, if you see a foreskin, run a mile, and all things like that. And in my country, England, leave every last bit of it alone. Is the general? <laughs> is the like genital mutilation that's not caught on <laughs> in the male species over here? All right. So this this is more of a leery one. It's a, we're still in a, kind of the free-throw free throw range. It's not that bad. Is it quite macho, this? Like, of hot sauces and curries, is it quite macho? Well, that's the thing, you know... Have so you done this with a woman? Mm-hmm. What happened? How was she? The women killed us. I You're think joking. the women have a better tolerance. Better pain threshold. Mm-hmm. They have a better tolerance. We've had four women on the show. It's overwhelmingly male. Our viewers are overwhelmingly male. But the women that we've had have performed much better than the guys on average. Because somewhere in their reservoir, they have got, I will let a baby come out of my vagina. Yeah, like a much higher pain tolerance. So, I'm going to talk about Donald Trump for a second, because in addition to being a staple in your Trues series, you've actually had direct contact with him, as he's wont to do. He called you a major loser on Twitter one time. Yeah, he did call me that. But like, what happened was, is he was nice to me. He had me around his tower, and he was actually. You quite, met him face to face. Yeah, I went around, and he was actually. Do you know what? I feel a little embarrassed because he was very sweet, generally speaking. You know, like that's the thing with human beings. How much of us is our dogma and our doctrine and our beliefs, and how much of us is just, oh well, he was pretty friendly, and he was pretty friendly and pretty sweet. I didn't imagine, like most people, it was a sort of a joke that escalated out of control mm -hmm. to the point of global domination. When I met him, I thought, like he was sort of, he did like take a while to get ready now like i don't know if i took a particularly long while to get ready i took a phone call there like obviously with donald trump there's quite a lot of construction that goes into the upper region of his head like, <laughs> that um they've got to construct the region that, mm -hmm. that that thing that's not quite matter not quite gas <laughs> that's uh, like his aura blends into his hair that has to be created that took a while and then when i got in there i kept thinking how is this person so rich 
when like I couldn't see how he was rich. I kept saying to him, you're not curious about other aspects of life. Like, you know, you've become a successful man financially, but you're not interested in the spirit. Are you not interested in what happens after death? Are you not interested in the fraternity and the brotherhood of us as a species? No, no, no. He had no curiosity about any of those things. And I sort of thought, how if you have that lack of uh, curiosity mentally, do you acquire all that money? And I thought it must be just like being in the financial world maybe it's not that hard it's just a very particular skill like if you were really good at hungry hippo you know that game hungry mm-hmm, hippo where you mm-hmm. have to rake marbles into a, like, it. it was a staple of my childhood it was a good game mm-hmm. now imagine that that was how society was organized was around being good at that then you could rise to the top simply by being at that one good thing Having and therefore, a skill one skill that's exploitable and useful and that must be what it must be that donald trump has then he took me to his office and he goes to me um Pick any one thing, any one thing you want from the office. And I thought, what's this Willy Wonka bullshit? He had like sort of, <laughs> like, but he had good shit in there, man. Yeah. He had like Muhammad Ali's heavyweight belt. And I f- was really tempted to go, I fucking have that heavyweight belt, mate, if you don't mind. And like sort of put that on and wear it and go around in Muhammad Ali's belt. But I didn't. I just took a pen so as I didn't seem needy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What if he uses that shit now when he's president, like giving out, I don't know, oil fields? <laughs> so, Pick any oil field. What a territory do you want in the Middle East? Just take that one. And you know, you have a very interesting way of unpackaging it and reacting to the election when I watched your video. Mm. And I can't really tell, so maybe you can clue me in. Yes. Are you optimistic about the future? Does this kind of drag everything out of the closet in a way that you can examine it in a different way and possibly change? Or do you feel like we've sort of put the foot on the gas pedal and now we're accelerating towards the end of days. I feel the former actually, Sean, that there's a reason to be optimism because a lot of undeclared things have become declared. In a way, for me, it seems like the end of a certain type of politics where a class of people said they would take care of another class of people and those people felt, well, this isn't working. I think there's... It's really extraordinary that although, like he said, loads of stuff that's reprehensible, Donald Trump, he has also said things like, we're going to end corruption in Washington and we're going to govern for the people. Now, like That kind of populist rhetoric, if unrelated to actual policy, I suppose is dangerous and empty like any promise. But these are the kind of things that the people from the left of centre have been saying, that we need politics that represents people. So, you know... I, it, it, what I think, or, you know, I don't know what will happen because, you know, Jesus Christ, I can barely cope with eating <laughs> vegan snacks. But what, what it seems to indicate to me is that either this guy, either things get better or they don't. And if they don't, where is there now for people that believe in nationalism? Where is there now for people that find that kind of rhetoric appealing, if indeed that is what determined that election result? As somebody who's been on the receiving end of his uh, Twitter tirade, do you have any, and it's crazy too because it went from, you know, sort of attacking other celebrities to now full-blown nations. China! You're a major loser! <laughs> yeah. Like, it's pretty amazing, actually. Do you have any advice for those world leaders? China. Do that yourself? Don't, take, don't let Donald Trump hurt your feelings, China, Pakistan. <laughs> just, just soak it up. He will go away if you ignore him, I have found. Like, also, I'd sort of think, if you detach him from reality, and let's face it, that's an attractive idea, he's sort of quite funny. You know what I mean? Right. If you'd like, you just sort of like the way he says stuff, he sort of has a good way of pointing out the least, the thing he would least like said to you. I was a fan of his before this whole thing happened. Like, I'd watch Celebrity Apprentice and I'd laugh ah. my ass off, but I was always kind of operating under the assumption that everybody knew that he was a jackass and we found right. it funny and this entertaining. This is mania. We're amused by I this. I didn't think anybody was taking it seriously, going, and I didn't I think like he took it seriously. It's like the whole thing was like in inverted commas. It was a parenthetical present. It was a president. It was a joke. We're only mucking about. Well, right. let's see how we feel 
feel when the bombs rain down. But like I, at the moment, I, I am determined to view him as a comedic figure, no matter what. <laughs> You ready to move on? Yes, mate. All right, so this one is... Are we entering the realm of the challenge now? Because this has got a wolf on it, and that's quite a potent symbol, the wolf. In totemism, a wolf. It's a dangerous thing, a lone wolf. Well, and you'll see that that's actually... Your wolf comparison is actually a rather poetic segue into my next question, actually. Is it, mate? It is. You'll see. So now I'm on number four. Mm-hmm. Have there been much cheating that's gone on? On this? No. How is it applied? Someone bastes it. Tosses it. Is it cooked in it type thing? So the wings are cooked, and then the sauces are bowled, and then you toss the wings. So it's fully marinated in the sauce. It's not like full a good coverage, nibble a bit. Full coverage. You can't, get, you can't escape it. There's no escape. That one, I quite liked it so You far. do? Yeah. Maybe I'm just sort of like, in a way, mentally cutting off because of the stress levels, like it's like a repressed memory of some sort of abuse <laughs> in my childhood. I just cut off from it. <laughs> So, I'll explain why the wolf thing was a poetic segue, because I'm a little disappointed that you didn't bring Bear today. Oh, that little bastard. I should have brought him. You should have brought Bear. Would you have minded? I would have loved if he brought Bear. He's a brilliant dog, but he is no respecter of convention or order. If he came in here, <laughs> he would eat this. Oh, I did, it crossed my mind, but I thought, he'll eat this shit, then I'll have to deal with him. Oh, right, and he'll have hot sauce. You know, yeah, hot sauce excretia. <laughs> and like, do you know what happened, mate? Are you heard of the charity called People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals? Mm -hmm. PETA, mm -hmm. right? They sent to my house a box of chocolates. You're like, so, yeah, I'll have a box of chocolates from PETA. The dog, without unwrapping it or any ceremony at all, ate the whole fucking thing. Oh, no. And Like, chocolate's poisonous for a dog. So PETA, People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, poisoned my dog <laughs> by mail. I had to take him to a vet in a place called High Wycombe near a vet, like an all-night vet, while he puked up 20 chocolate puddles oh, no. in the back room of the vet. I had to go in the back room with him. They gave him an opioid injection. I discussed whether or not I could have any. They said no. Then, like, um, there was a rabbit in a cage in there near all the pools of oil, like, sort of pounding out his distress while the dog puked up. Then a matter of weeks later, he ate a whole packet of ibuprofen. He's like sort of a John Belushi dog. He's like determined to take it to the fucking He's a handful. He's a real handful, so I, could, I would have loved to have bought him because he is fun, but he does not respect boundaries. He is just pure libido, life force. Well, one of my favorite things that you share is when you serenade Bear and he yeah. goes nuts and he goes running around the house. Can you mm. tell me how that started? How did you discover that Bear likes when you sing to him? Because I like to think that the dog understands me in a true and essential way. You know when you look in an animal's way, oh, are you looking at an animal's eyes when you're feeling all lonely in that, and you think, this animal, it loves me no matter what. It doesn't care if I've failed or if I've let myself and the world down. This dog will love me. So I start to think I'm going to sing songs that express this idea to the dog. And, and also sort of like you don't know what they're thinking sometimes. They look so sad. And I like to think of like, oh, have you lost your job? What's happening to you? <laughs> have you did you write off to join a dating site, but you were rejected? Right. Did you go to school in Lidahosen this morning? Did you dress up as Pinocchio in little buckly boots like that? And I used to like to project those thoughts into him. And then I thought, well, I'll just start serenading him with popular sitcom theme tunes initially. And then the idea developed into singing him just any ballads, Sean. Do you find that he likes certain types of songs more than others? Are there artists that he prefers? He likes the great crooners very much. He's a fan of uh, Sinatra, Dean Martin. Uh, there's, he's uniformly unjudgmental of all races and all types of uh, music. And I think uh, I will be doing some DMX tracks to oh, him. Oh, yes. Coming soon. <laughs> That's what I'll be... <laughs> that kind of stuff I think would, could be quite effective. <laughs>
Yeah, so like, I think high notes is what gets him, to be honest. Does it kind of hurt you that Brian's not as into the music? Brian, my former dog. Oh, no. He's alive, God love okay. him. But what Brian belonged to my ex-girlfriend, she had that dog prior to the relationship, so I couldn't have a custody <laughs> battle battle because it would be like trying to... It's not like our children. That would be like saying, I want those children you yeah, had before like, oh, I, I met yeah. you. <laughs> so why? I'll tell you in court. <laughs> All right, you ready to move on? Yeah, yeah. So you. this is the Hot Ones hot sauce. You're on the Hot Ones show. We have our own hot sauce. Where do people start freaking out? Zombie apocalypse. Oh, so until I get there, this is just a nice chat with a charming man who looks a bit like Justin Timberlake. Wow, I love that. I will take that to the bank. Thank you so much. Have it there. See if it can be converted into currency. <laughs> now, now this is Hot Ones Fury Chipotle. Mm-hmm. And it's also on quite a meaty nugget, if I may say. Same with mine. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not saying you've got an unfair advantage except for your years of experience in the genre. <laughs> Just take a bite and then relax. Has anyone done anything like impressive shows of bravado? Like so I'm picking it up and necking it and going, ah, Yeah, like, death! you'll get people who are very serious about it. They'll need to clean the wing. I've had one guest, Eddie Huang. He started with the hottest sauce. Which was actually... He tried to subvert the form. Yeah, which I think that he'd tell you was a mistake. Right, good. So it's best... I thought that. I thought, as a novice, approach, mm -hmm. the, approach the structure respectfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Picasso. <laughs> Learn basic formative illustration before deconstructing it through the advent of cubism. Yeah, when and you that's come where back... Eddie Wong went wrong. <laughs> yeah, when you come back, maybe then you yeah, can start Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be mad by then. I'll mm -hmm. come in with just pierced nipples and I'll <laughs> pour that directly into my own anus. <laughs> they go, oh my God, he's took it to the next level. That'll be the breakthrough our show needs. <laughs> <laughs> he went there. So I want to talk to you about one of my favorite videos. It was when you were on the private jet with Diddy, and he described you, I think, as his best friend, Rusty Rocket. Fortunately, that relationship has endured. Diddy and I, most days, spend at least an hour together weeping in into the napes of each other's necks. No, <laughs> no. No, I, like, Diddy and I, I've not, I've not seen Diddy for a wee while, but I must say, I continue to be most grateful for that sort of halcyon summer where a regular part of my life was Sean Puff Daddy Coombs, <laughs> like being part of my life. It didn't make sense. He, like, I am often late for things. On, we had sort of a cast dinner for the film that we were doing. I was a respectable hour late. He was nowhere to be seen. He come around where people were like having like sort of coffee and forgetting then Sean Puff Daddy Coombs burst in in sort of like a sort of a cloud of his own charisma it was magnificent and he instructed us that we were going to vegas on a private jet and told me i had to organize tickets for ricky hatton's fight versus manny pacquiao and i did have to organize tickets by ringing up ricky hatton the boxer who at that time was very nervous and preoccupied with his forthcoming boxing match with manny pacquiao i said can we get tickets he didn't return the message something's happening to my consciousness is that the food that's yeah that's it, the show it's, it's transcendent happening. it's all happening it's kicking in mm-hmm Oh, God, I miss drugs. <laughs> like with acid. Yeah, but point you can get, think, you can oh, get kind of a... melting. You can get kind of a psychedelic high I off, love of the, that stuff, man. off the hot sauce. Anything sauces. that messes with reality, I like it. So, like, but, so um, yeah, Puffy, he made us go to Vegas, mm -hmm. and it was really intense. Like, I mean, it was mad. Like, Jay-Z, there was a bit where... But the t with the boxing ring, you have to be very near the boxing ring, otherwise it's not good enough. I was in the... I got tickets for the fourth row. Puffy says, that's not good. We've got to get in the third row. So, in the end, I think Puffy out to sort out those tickets. Then Jay-Z was there, and there was a moment in my life where I was with Jay-Z, 
and P. Diddy and Manny Pacquiao had just knocked out Ricky Hatton and Diddy was standing on his chair shouting and the majority of the audience were all English and I thought, my life has uh -oh. gone unusual. <laughs> and I just felt, how have I got myself into this context? They party hard as well, you know, like going places after that because even though I sort of, there are certain aspects of hedonism that I enjoy, they're mostly word directly the things, drugs. Mm -hmm. I like the drugs. It's not like the paraphernalia around it, let's go out and take some drugs. No, drugs, at, indoors, quietly. And like, so when we were in like Vegas at a nightclub, I'm basically thinking, well, this is not good. I can't take any drugs. And by that time I was married, so I couldn't do any recreational activity except watch Puff Daddy Coombs go around places in a, like a modern day monarch, which I must say is impressive. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's, a, that's amazing. I was going to ask you what you remember about that trip and then you just laid it all out there. It was amazing. I felt like I was part of it. He was, he's, I mean, it's, it's magnificent to be near super celebrities, I think, sometimes. Like, because, well, because I suppose it's like new aristocracy or new um, royalty or something. It's weird to see that kind of, the entourages, the glamour, and then also, I suppose, the humdrum mundane reality that we're all just human beings that are, are held together by a magnetic energy field holding together at the base matter that will eventually suspend and then we will be dust, then nothing. But it's crazy how the existence can sometimes just be different. That's right, but why should it be? I mean, I'm not suggesting that we all become communists, not here in 2017 while we're eating hot wings, but ultimately <laughs> we are all, all, all the same and that's my experience of many different people has taught me of this unity. Well said. You ready to move on? Certainly. So this one has blueberry in it and ghost pepper. Why do they bother with blueberry if they're waging war on your tongue? Well, the, the reason would be this. Like, on our hot sauce in particular, did it taste kind of sweet to you? It did a bit, mate. It certainly made me... Like, that was the bit where I started to lose my relationship with reality. There's like a little pineapple blend in there, and that's to like balance out the heat. Because if you're going to smoke it, then maybe you want to undercut it with like something sweet. I so understand. we went with a pineapple sort of citrus blend. Here at Bravado, they go with blueberry. It's just about mixing it up, you know, and getting a little weird. Plus, you have that color. It's kind of When cool. you smoke crack, yeah. it's nice to smoke heroin to help you come down. So, like, if you smoke the exact amount of right amount of crack and the exact right amount of heroin, you're held in a hinterland of mental illness. That's exactly what we do with the hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> to the queen. So you've never been shy about your criticisms of the media, be it the BBC or Fox News, which you called a fanatical terrorist propaganda group. It's Russell Brand versus the media. When I watch these videos on YouTube, they should be on pay-per-view. They're some of my favorite videos. Thank you. So what I want to do is pull up some of the biggest, most influential names in mass communication, and I just want to get your snap reaction. So I'll show you the picture, I'll show you the person, and then you just give me the first Got thing it. that comes to your mind. Does that sound first, good? I won't give you the first thing that comes to my mind. Because that's always something that nearly lands me in prison. I'll give you about the ninth thing. <laughs> All right, give me the ninth thing. Mind, that but comes hopefully to mind, that okay? shouldn't take too long. All right, first things first. Bill O'Reilly. I like Bill O'Reilly because I don't think he means it. I think he's like a lovely uncle. Like I think you could go to him like when he's going, well, well, why are black people complaining? It's fine to be there. There's nothing wrong. I think you could go, you don't mean that, do you? And he'd go, no, I just said it for fun. <laughs> like I think if you cuddled him, he would stop. What about Mark Zuckerberg? Well, I mean, it's difficult to understand because he's at a level of power that, for which there is no precedent. I suppose only in popular culture you can sort of think of the phenomena like the Beatles. Like, mm -hmm. it's interesting, isn't it, that the sort of success of the Beatles, any subsequent success to the Beatles is a comment on the Beatles. The Rolling Stones, naughty Beatles. The Monkey, manufactured monkeys, American manufactured Beatles. NWA, 
badass hip-hop Beatles. You can't escape the template, the original template. Now, Zuckerberg, what precedes this? Sort of like, you know, um, the uh, like media barons of the 1920s. So uh, there's this unprecedented power, unprecedented responsibility. He's still a very young man. How old is he? 34 or something? Right. Well, like... That's only... I still change my voice slightly to people that are 34. Are you all right, mate? But, like, you know, you could, like, have me killed using binary. <laughs> right. So, really, I think probably be careful what you say about him. <laughs> all right, what about Rupert Murdoch? I'm trying to see the divine in everyone these days, and I enjoy Positive it. Positive thinking. Yeah, you, and, but the, look, we are people. He's a human being. It's all right being tolerant and loving about people that you identify with and acknowledge, but the more someone looks like a ball bag, the harder <laughs> it is to see that divinity, and that's why we have to try to reach within the scrotal and to the divine within him. I bet he's... Like, I've met people that have worked with him. They said this. They said he's really nice and sweet. And what's the other thing they said? This was the thing that struck me. Someone who'd worked closely with him said he doesn't ex acknowledge the concept of death. He lives life as if death is never going to happen. So if you go, no, you can't buy my conglomerate, he'll go, well, I will. You know, he accepts that eventually it will happen. He transcends time. So we don't know for a fact yet that he is mortal. What about John Oliver? I, I've worked with John Oliver about... Uh, probably about 15 years ago now, and he was really, really lovely. And like, how he comes across on telly in America is how he actually is. He's sort of funny and warm and well-meaning and sharp. We did a, a sort of a breakfast TV show pilot that never got picked up in the UK, and I guess he was like the sensible one, and I was meant to be like the wacky one, I suppose. I don't know what their production ideology was, but the fact was that's how it sort of seemed. And, yeah, I'm really glad he's doing well, because he's good-hearted. What about Howard Stern? He's amazing, actually. He's another one. He's another one of these great media originators. He deconstructed radio while it was happening. Like, I like people that approach media in that sense of, like, even though I would never go for the Eddie Wong start at the wrong end, <laughs> right? How, uh, Howard, when radio doesn't have to be this. Radio can be whatever we want it to be. Like, it, you know, the calling up your boss and all of those kind of stuff, that, that kind of stuff, that's innovative and brilliant he knows i suppose in isn't it true of all great art that it can reach into you like so he understands that you're sat in the car listening to the radio and you're like, oh my fucking god what? oh my god he can't get like he's got you he knows how right. to use his medium now when you go on that show you know with howard stern it's almost like before you go on media like say when you're doing this and you're showing me this shit mm -hmm. i'm aware don't say something fucking mental <laughs> i mean that's like <laughs> i've learned over the years have that don't say something mental voice like manageable mental that's right. where i live in the marketplace you know howard stern he fucks that out the window because like he'll get you saying shit like you think oh, oh no you know what i mean it's like he's like a sort of a brilliant seducer you just come home with your knickers in your handbag saying i didn't mean to fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> what about Megan Kelly. Is she the one that's on The View that's a bit more to the right? Oh, no, she's the one that's on Fox that's yep. a bit more. I must say I'm quite vulnerable to right-wing women that are conventionally <laughs> attractive because, for me, there's some sort of dovetailing of the presumed philosophical cruelty and the beauty. It sort of makes me go, God, you're so gorgeous, you're beautiful. Oh, God, I hate you. Would you look after me? You know, sort of it inspired. I want her to be sort of my evil matron. I got one more for you. Piers Morgan. There's a challenge. I mean, like, so I've known Piers actually for a while, and my, uh, I, let's look for the human in, in dear Piers. <laughs> Supports Arsenal. I mean, I think he's a bit of a provocateur. I think sort of perhaps like any of us that work in media, you find a thing that works for you and you do it. So, and like, I mean, and he's doing that 
really he's working a lot in the United States, isn't he? He's doing mm -hmm. well. So let's be positive about peers. That's my new diplomacy. Can I ask you one more question about media? And it has nothing to do with the pictures. But you know, sometimes when I see you get interviewed, right? It mm. seems like oftentimes they're like, well, if you're the guy with the master plan and all the keys, then why don't you run for parliament? Otherwise, shut up. You know, you kind of yes. get that. What sort of, what does that criticism do to you? Like when you hear people say that, how do you feel? How do you react to it? People said the same thing about Jon Stewart. When I was in the middle of it, I felt extremely challenged by it, but it makes you realize how power works. What power does is it says that what it's doing is normal not what it is doing is power. So by saying to someone, if you want to have a voice, you have to operate within our delineated system, that is a form of subjugation. Rupert Murdoch, for example, is not exercising power through the democratic vote, but through global media power. So to make the case that the only voice you should have is through recognised democratic process has already been undermined. We all know now, and in fact much of the rhetoric of the last American election and the primaries leading up to it focused on the undue, undemocratic power of corporations in the world. Now this is still something that hasn't been addressed. So how I feel when I'm hit by that is I understand their point because they say, but, but I disagree with it hugely because it's saying the mechanism of democracy deals with these problems of inequality. But right. what we are saying is, no, it does not. It cannot. And in fact, what we are witnessing now, I believe, is the end of the belief even in democracy. When something becomes grotesque, I think that's normally an indication that it's reaching conclusion. Well said. And now we're going into... Zombie apocalypse. Even for a zombie, this is apocalyptic. <laughs> and the zombie's already died once and been right. reassembled from body parts. So imagine how bad it is. So here's where the game changes, Russell Brand. I know, I feel like nervous, like it's affected me. I've fallen into the structure of the, 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 the show. I have to say this though, you look great, you're doing fine. Usually by this time, if there's somebody who comes in here, they're like, oh, I'm not good with hot food. There's a little face sweat, they're like hiccuping a little bit. You're doing great. Thank you so much. This is the zombie apocalypse. Is it sort of, would you say it's not an equilateral gradient that this is a jump, a, s a significant jump? I would say there's a significant jump here. Also, there's quite a congealed bit there. It feels like there's... Even you, as an experienced pro, <coughs> mm -hmm. that's quite difficult, eh? It, it'll hit your throat a little bit, the you know? The throat, the actual throat. Mm -hmm. Who wants to, the throat's not involved in food. How's it hitting you? You seem pretty good. Because I was still, I was still using saliva to break down the enzymes. But now it's entering the esophagus. <laughs> so, you're named Shagger of the Year, three times in a row by the sun. As we've just discussed, you're now a new father. What's your prouder accomplishment as a fornicator? <laughs> the gifts of fornication. My glorious child. <laughs> or the accolades mm -hmm, from for, the for Shagger of the year. I must, I must be honest with you, Sean, that they never verified the quality of any of that shagging or even the quantities. They never asked any of the shag partners whether they were happy with the shags whether they were legitimate shags, whether they'd actually happened. They simply saw that I was emerging from a lot of nocturnal dwellings with numerous other humans and assumed that it was because of shagging. And I, fool that I was, desperate for approval that I continue to be, allowed this mass <laughs> misapprehension to continue. So I, I would say that it is the burgeoning new life and the witnessing of the emergence of consciousness and the possibility for redemption that every parent has uh, that is the greater achievement. Not to undermine the shagging, because it <laughs> was top-notch shagging that I'd done in every case. I mean, any shagging that's done within a relationship 
is worthy of an award, I think. The fact that you've done it. Because, <laughs> let's face it, there's resistance. Mm -hmm. Are you in a, a relationship of some kind? No, not right now. And when you are, do, do you maintain consistent levels of shagging? Yeah, I try, to, I try to, you know, you have to, I think, right? To keep that thing going. You do have to, but it becomes a duty as opposed to a natural imperative. But that's, I, you know what, when it becomes a duty, then maybe the wheels are kind of coming you off. You can't govern your life by pure sexual animus, or can you? Well, yes, I'm, if you're Shagger of the Year. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that evolved as a human yet, but uh, I, I still have a lot, to, a lot of growing up to do, but I, I think see. once I get to there, you know, fun yes. piece of my life. Yes. Now uh, we go to the... The bomb, Beyond Insanity. Hot sauce. Beyond Insanity? It's what beyond is Beyond insanity. insanity? Possibly another form of sanity. Well... You never know unless you, unless you go there. Okay, mate. Do I get a souvenir from doing this program? <laughs> you get a plug at the end. Thanks. <laughs> plug in British slang means things stored up the arse, either in prison or in an airport. I had to plug that gear, mate. I had to plug it to get it through the airport. Or perhaps you're going to visit your friend in prison. You have to plug some, like maybe some phone cards. I don't know what they want. That's intense. I'm glad I was for the third time talking about sticking stuff up my ass, otherwise it might have been even more challenging. How you doing? Is it, is it Beyond Insanity? How do you like Beyond Insanity? If this was an actual meal that I was eating for pleasure, and that happened to me, I'd, I would ask for an audience with the chef. I'd say, sir, <laughs> what you have just done to the inside of my mouth and gullet is unforgivable. Show me your car. Then I'd go with him to his car, and I would allow myself to defecate in the bit where he sits, and I'd say, now you know how I feel. And he'd say, this is all weird that you've done that, and I'd say, yeah, no, the sauce, it got to me. Well, it's a good thing that this isn't a restaurant and it's a show, right? Does that mean that we're not gonna have to deal with you pooping someplace? I bet you're using taxis. <laughs> so I'd just be offending a man who's working for minimum wage. Right. So I want to talk about your YouTube series, Truths, for a second, because it seems to be filling this place in the marketplace where the real mainstream news is kind of letting its audience down. And then it's kind of crazy, too, because you have this global phenomenon with fake news. You have mm. the highest office peddling alternative facts. At what point is the truth just so devalued that it's not even worth searching for anymore? Never. Because what do we have? other than our own essential experience of the world. But there are challenges with a concept such as the truth because I suppose there's, what, 14 people in this room, each of us having a different experience. The people here in, these, in the crew have their imperatives and objectives. Each person here, their own experience of life. Someone might have had a bad day. For all we know, one of these people heard, had their heart broken today. So even in a confined social system such as this room, there are numerous truths and numerous realities, and our job as human beings is to be sympathetic, empathetic, and bridge-building with other people's truths, not damning, condemning, and maliciously and deliberately confused. So, truth is more important than it has ever been. The profligacy and availability of information means that we have to be responsible with information and responsible with truth. You know, in a world where reality is becoming increasingly subjective, or at least the mm. way that that's disseminated, you know, how do you operate in this world? You're somebody with a platform, you're somebody who likes to speak. Is it a challenge, is the challenge harder now in 2017 than maybe it was in 2015 or 2014 or 2013? Can you talk about that? I think we must abandon such systems of categorization and accept that all we have now is the moment and always return to your personal truth and your personal obligations. That's not to say we live in, in a society where we are just individuals atomized from one another. Quite the contrary, we are all connected. But like, if I 
I'm learning a lot because I'm doing this university degree, so I'm learning about sort of the use of terms like religion, nation, terrorism, justified violence. And what I'm getting from that is that the way we're given information is very, very important. What, we've, some, what some people would regard as terrorism from a different position looks like necessary violence. What, from our perspective, looks like necessary violence in the form of, say, drone, uh, drone strikes is regarded by other people as terrorism. But what I think is uniform is the experience of being human. Like, you know what it's like to feel jealous, you know what it's like to feel anxious, you know what it's like to not feel good enough or to feel joy. So if we maintain the ability to communicate on that level, that's, I think that's going to become essential. Like, that each of us is going to have to take responsibility for our own connection to a higher self. And that way we can elevate to a different level socially and interpersonally. Speaking of elevating to a different level, are you ready to move on? Well, yeah, now what's happening to me is these sources have become, like, they're affecting the level of consciousness that I'm at. I feel like it's the bit in the Matrix where Neo's picking bullets out of the air. <laughs> like that, and looking at them and realising it's just code. So I've detached, what I'm trying to do, mate, is detach from my own, my own body. That's your strategy here. So this one's Mad Dog 357. Have any other people had good strategies? <clears throat> I'm not sure any of them have worked. We had T-Pain in here and he's like, he drank a lot of milk before and he's like, if I coat my stomach, then I won't have to deal with it. We had Nori, the rapper, he came in here with gloves and he's like, as long as I like don't touch my face or I don't like whatever, I'll just have to deal with like the pain of the hot sauce. We have people like try to swallow their bite whole. Like we have a lot of Ooh. things that work, but I haven't seen anybody come out the other side without any consequences, you know? There are consequences. Life has consequences. Birth equals death. I got it. Mm -hmm. Is there a leaderboard? We have this uh, super fan who tweets out his power rankings. He gets really into them. What's so, his name? His name's Brett Baker. Brett, I'd like to reach out to you, <laughs> presumably in America, given you're called Brett Baker. <laughs> um, so, I'm a humble Englishman. I apologize for imperialism, colonialism, and for what we afflicted upon America during the Revolutionary War, which you rightly won. I'd like you to bear that statement in mind when judging me when I'm at the perfectly respectable level of 357 Mad Dog. How do you like 357 Mad Dog? <laughs> you know, like, there's a point, isn't there, where, you know, like, he's already dead. You know, mm -hmm. like, you're just punching a corpse now. It's overkill? Yeah, I'm, I've already transcended to the realm of, like, perpetual pain. So what is, what's the difference? Well, yeah, it might just find its way into an individual nook of my mouth <laughs> that hadn't been hurt before. So I want to talk about your show, Ponderland, for a second, because... Why? That was so long ago. No you one knows deep. what it is. I'll tell you why, because you had a very interesting quote about your relationship with food. You said that you only want to eat food that is perfectly geometric dollops. <laughs> Do you remember that line? Perfectly geometric Who dollops. Who did your research? This is brilliant. Me and Chris. Well, yes, I did say I only want to eat perfectly geometric dollops. Did you learn anything about cooking from uh, hanging out with Jamie Oliver? That I'm shit at it. You're shitty at it. Yeah, because Jamie Oliver and all those people, I know a few proper chefs, Jamie, Tom Kerridge, he's a good UK chef, Gordon Ramsay. With them lot, it's like a kind of alchemy. Although I did make my girlfriend sausage and mash just yesterday with onion gravy and a cooked runner beans and I put this like purple cabbage shit on the edge to make it look more good. Oh no, now I've gone out the other side. There was a moment where I was high. <laughs> Do you remember that bit where I was talking about the nature of consciousness and love and all that? Mm-hmm, where are you at now? Now I'm at make food good, like that <laughs> monosyllabic grunts. 
But you know what you are into? You're big into juicing. I see in the blender you always have crazy things going on. I love to juice. What's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite juice? Beetroot. I like beetroot and carrot and I like kale. I like getting nutrients directly into my body, and which is good because I'm going to be on a drip after this experience, I think. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not being demonstrative, mm -hmm. but you have to remember I'm an Englishman. And to us, dignity is everything. <laughs> are you involved in the menu at your cafe or are you more about the cause there? No, I can't be involved in that. I can't be involved in anything. I'm like Basil Forty. Like, I'll fuck it up. Like, all I, have to, all I do is you go, you run that cafe and keep me out of it because otherwise I'll ruin it for everybody. I can't tell people what to eat or what to do. Look at me, I'm unstable. We have one more wing to go. Then what happens? Why are you shaking it like that? That's an That's interesting so question. It is tradition around here to put a little extra dab of hot sauce on the last tradition? wing. Tradition? You don't have to if you don't well, like want to. Well, saluting the flag. You don't have to if you don't want to, Russell. Well, but if I don't, I look like I'm not good enough. I, 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 oddly, although I present myself as quite a gentle fellow, I'm obviously a very competitive person. You've described yourself as a volatile person before. I'm a volatile person. Would that matter what's that like? like a pig that's, squeak that's, snogging? That's good. That's good. That's good. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah, this isn't about, like, this is not kamikaze. Mm-mm. This is not oral jihad. This is not martyrdom of the mouth, where the only thing that matters is death. We are civilised people of the English-speaking Western world. Like, all my past is coming back. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Bloody thing. I didn't enjoy it the first time. So I've got to eat the bit that's got the thing on, huh? <coughs> that would be the point. <coughs> also, this is a particularly dog-eared nugget, if I'm like, a wing in your lexicon. Are you enjoying the vegan Actually, wings? Actually, yes. They're pretty good, right? In the early days, back there at the other end of the smorgasbord, when it wasn't about carving my mouth up with razors of flavour, it was glorious. <sighs> Remember me, you Jesus. All right, so I've done this so many times that with the hot sauces, when they get into you, sometimes they can unlock something inside of you that you didn't even know it was there, you know? With your brain buzzing and your mouth on fire, I have to know, as somebody who is such a deep thinker, who thinks about these things all the time, voting isn't the answer. The system that we have isn't the answer. If you were giving me a sales pitch, an elevator speech, because there's a lot to unpackage, what is the an answer? elevator speech? An elevator speech, Russell Brand. What is the answer? Bread Baker, da, da, da. <laughs> he's a man in Lincoln, Nebraska. Bread, he's a lovely bread baker. Da, 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 da. He's a little list maker. Da, 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 da. He's a power rank faker. His name's Bread Baker. Bread Baker, value me. Bread Baker, can't you see? I'm drinking milk. I've been through all the hot sauce. My tongue's on fire, Brett, call me a liar, but we've been through. <laughs> Stracker hot chili sauce Tabasco, elucidating thing. We've been through the wharf, we've tried the hot ones. We've even had ghost pepper blueberry. And can't you see, Brett Baker, we went through the apocalypse. They burnt my own two lips and I continued on to bomb Brett Baker. It wasn't enough to blow up this British brand. Mad Dog 3.57 I stare down the barrel I'm singing you this carol Bread Baker, let's take it to the end Oh, Bread, take a breath Cause we've taken down the motherfucking mega death, Bread Bread, that was for you I've transcended to a world of rhyme Everything I say now will be poetic Until I eventually just shut down my consciousness 
That is amazing. There's no point in asking a question because you can't go anywhere from there, Russell. You made it through. You cleared the board, biting hot sauce, brain on fire, sang us a song. Let the people know what you have going on in your life. I'm pregnant. Now, I'm having a baby made out of vegan snacks and fire. He will be available in a show called Russell Brand Rebirth. It's me standing still talking. Please, oh yeah, Russell Brand Rebirth. I'm going to be doing podcasts. I'm going to be doing radio shows. I've written a book on, uh, sort of a self-help book I've written. So I've got, you know, I've got a lot on. And if you haven't seen the documentary, Emperors and Clothes, you got to check that one out too. Which one? Ooh, Emperors and Clothes. Oh yeah, yeah, that, I'm in that. <laughs> Tell you what, Sean, that's fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.